Welcome back to the West Wolf Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. Monk getting buckets as usual. Some miscommunication defensively. Bad news. Ariza will be reevaluated in eight weeks. That hurts the defensive wing depth of Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to get into all of that right here on the West Wolf Podcast. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Russell Westbrook is the chip at Always in Forever Art, and on YouTube at JRAC Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Let's get it. All right, guys. So first off, we're going to get into the news about Trevor Ariza. Guys, Trevor Ariza was really going to help our wing death for the Los Angeles Lakers, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, so alongside the goals, those guys is really going to help us defensively. Um, and it was definitely supposed to make sure that we can stay fairly big uh, when we went small uh, as far as like having Anthony Davis at the five and just kind of having four wings slash guards uh, around him. Um, that does hurt quite a bit now. I'm not really sure what they're going to go to. Uh, one thing I do know that uh, Frank Vogel said prior to the preseason game too was that uh, Bazemore separated himself as far as defensively uh, on the wings. Uh, but Trevor Ariza was definitely someone who can shoot a little bit and doesn't give up much offensively because the truth is, is that the Los Angeles Lakers have a ton of players that are, for the most part, uh, they really play only do one or two things for you. Uh, Monk is a shooter. He's a scorer. I think he's elite at that, uh, but that's pretty much what it is that he does. Um, none, not the, the strongest defender either. Carmelo Anthony, not the strongest defender either. Um, so I, I, I think it does hurt. I know some people are like, well, so what? We haven't seen him yet, and so what? He's old, uh, but he was supposed to help the Lakers out on the wing, definitely. Uh, so, guys, it is a blow. Uh, I'm not sure what you do. Do you start mellow? Um, I don't think so because I think it hurts your defense too much, but that's something that comes to mind. Uh, so you start Russell Westbrook, LeBron, James, Anthony Davis. I guess you can go traditional. Do you start, do you start Dwight Howard uh, next to them? Um, and then who do you slot in at the, at the, at the two? Uh, Wayne Ellington? Starting Wayne Ellington at the two hurts you because, once again, he's pretty much a one-dimensional player. Now, he can shoot off screens. He can do a bunch of things, but he's not really known for his defense. So do you start Wayne Ellington? Or do you start none? Or do you start Monk? What do you do now that you don't have Ariza? Uh, which some people kind of thought we're going to start. Do you start? Because um, if you start, if you start Monk, you have Russell Westbrook, Monk, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and then who? Bazemore. Then you then you're really small. Um, so I'm just not sure what – I'm not sure what – I guess you can go Talon Horton Tucker, but then again, he's also not a big defender either. I just don't know. It really hurts. And, and we're starting to see already if one good role player is injured for the Los Angeles Lakers, then you're scrambling trying to figure out what exactly you're going to do. Uh, some people predicted that Ariza was going to start at, at the at the three uh, or LeBron at the four, Anthony Davis at the five. Uh, and then one of those two slotted out, uh, whether it was Bays, Moore, Monk, Nunn, uh, THT, you, you slot someone else in there alongside Russell Westbrook. Um, but now 
I just don't know. I don't know where you go. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you start a traditional five so that you can bring Baysmore or, or, T, or THT off the bench. Um, so then you're running Dwight Howard at the five, Anthony Davis at the four, um, LeBron James at the three, Russell Westbrook and Baysmore. Uh, I just I, I don't know I don't I don't know I, I guess you can do Ellington to um, to make sure you got the shooting out there but I I'm a little and then what do you do when you start rotating so are you gonna put Carmelo Anthony out there I guess you you could try to start Carmelo out there um, for size purposes without going with too traditional bit well I don't want to say traditional because Anthony Davis can do a lot um, I just don't know I don't know guys. It hurts is what I'm saying. And, and maybe just me uh, just hearing this last last night, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just thinking too hard on this. Maybe I'm maybe that is the case, uh, but I think it hurts. You have really no wing defender. You just don't have one. So I'm not even just talking about starting because you can start whatever because most teams will start traditional anyway. A lot of teams do. So, yeah, you just start traditional and then figure it out. But even the closing lineup and once rotations start. So what are you you're going to have? You're going to have Monk. If you start, that's then you want Dwight Howard behind your second unit because you're, you're going to play Russell Westbrook, which he's a much better defender than what people think. Uh, Laker Nation, he's much better than what you think. He has that defense. But Russell Westbrook, he does tend to gamble um, and, and things like that. Alongside Monk, who's not a defender. Alongside Nunn, who's undersized and not a defender, just like Monk is undersized. Carmelo, who's not a good defender. So if you start Dwight Howard, who are you? What, DeAndre Jordan? He's just, in my opinion, he hasn't looked strong in his first two preseason games. I, I have not liked DeAndre Jordan's minutes at all. I guess you can put DeAndre Jordan behind them, but I don't think having DeAndre Jordan behind Carmelo Anthony works. I think you need to have Dwight Howard behind Carmelo Anthony, Talahort, or uh, Monk, Nunn, THT, whoever's going to be in that second unit. Um, it hurts that you don't have Ariza who can keep you fairly big uh, when you go small and fairly big in the second unit. Um, and, then, and then the starting lineup. I just, that's, I want to start with that. I spent six minutes on this because. I'm actually worried about the wing depth for the Los Angeles Lakers. If you disagree, go ahead, leave a comment, or you know you can get on me on Twitter. I'd love to know your thoughts. Maybe I'm overthinking this a little bit too much. Um, you know, I'm a person that I love input. So if you agree, let me know. If you disagree, let me know and let me know why. Uh, maybe you'll make me think about something that I haven't really thought of um, in the, you know the 12 hours since we found out that Ariza's out for eight weeks. Now, if he returns and he's Ariza, that's great. Um, but he, they said reevaluate it in eight weeks. So that doesn't mean he's going to be back in eight weeks. Okay. So uh, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. You know, I, I wanted to talk about the Lakers defense. In my opinion, um, the first stretch of the defense I didn't think was actually, was actually that bad. Um, at first, Anthony Davis just blowing up everything. And I thought it was just beautiful. And I, I like how Anthony Davis got to his spots. I like the shots he was getting. I like the shots the team was getting. Uh, and, and at first, the defense uh, – Anthony Davis was blowing everything up. He was getting deflections after deflection, um, and I was happy with it. And then the rotation started. When the rotation started, I did not think uh, that we did well at all as far as 
defensively in rotations. The communication was off. Um, at one point, it seemed like the Nets kind of weren't – not the Nets, I'm sorry, the Lakers. I'm thinking about the Nets. The Lakers kind of were not actually really playing um, that hard, which with Russell Westbrook, everyone's going to play hard. And that's the thing about not having him on the floor at the beginning of the season is he – He's not out there to galvanize the troops. Along with LeBron James, LeBron James is going to do that too. I'm, you guys have seen their practice videos. They are intense. LeBron and Russell Westbrook just yelling all over the place, and so it's intense. So obviously, when they're not on the floor for these preseason games, you see you see the difference. Like the intensity is not there. The leadership isn't on the floor. Um, but nonetheless, at some point, these guys are going to sit. Which I guess there'll always be one of Russell Westbrook, LeBron James on the floor at all times. Uh, but they got to be able to motivate themselves. And to me, it seemed like there were stretches where they just weren't even trying to do anything, especially DeAndre Jordan. I spent I spent an entire maybe five game minutes trying to figure out, is he just slow and confused or is he just not trying? I, I, I didn't know. I, <laughs> I was trying to decide myself whether he was just a little slow step because he's getting older and he was just a little bit lost or was it like he just – y'all can put me out there and play. But, like, I'm not doing nothing because I don't feel like it. I couldn't figure out which one it was or if it was a mixture of the two. Um, he definitely – I did not like his minutes um, at all. It's the preseason. Maybe he was lollygagging around. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I hope Frank Vogel is watching. I hope that he is paying attention. Uh, I don't like DeAndre Jordan's minutes on either side of the floor. Um, he's definitely kind of – in the way, in my opinion, on offense in the spaces that Anthony Davis wants to work in, uh, or Carmelo Anthony for that matter. Um, and on defense, he's just, he's just, he just seems slow. Uh, he's getting to his reads late and he's calling out stuff, you know, ice, ice. Um, but then he's the one who looks lost and confused and slow. So I, I just, I don't know. Um, that's my opinion on the defense, but guys, I said all that to say, that is what the preseason is for. It's for specifically that, to iron out all of those details. Even Frank Vogel said himself post-game, our communication. We've got to be better defensively. We've got to rebound better, and we've got to communicate better. And I 100% agree that's what I saw. Um, now, the rebounding, I'm not too worried about the rebounding because, one, Dwight Howard didn't play. Two, Russell Westbrook is the best rebounding guard in the history of the NBA. And not only that, he'll rebound and he'll just take off to start the offense. So I'm not too worried about the rebounding. That was kind of the least of my worries because I know Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook weren't on the floor, not to mention LeBron James. I think he averages six or seven for his career as well. Um, but the best rebounding guard in basketball is on the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm not too worried about the rebounding. Um but yes, defensively, and the communication was definitely a problem uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, now, offensively, uh, I, I liked in the first quarter and a half, I liked every shot the Lakers got for the most part. Um, they were still running some of the same sets, uh, pin downs uh, for shooters, um, veer pick and rolls, things like that. They're still running the same sets, which I thought was good. Execution, eh, not so good, um, but again, that's what the preseason is for and the execution not so good because I'm pretty sure the people who are running those plays on the on the practice floor is LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. So obviously um, the execution isn't going to be that great uh, with the role players just trying to do it amongst each other because, again, at all times there's going to be one Russell Westbrook or one 
LeBron James on the basketball court. There won't be any minutes without one of them on the court for the most part. Uh, so it makes sense that it looks a bit, a bit off. And that's something I do want to remind everybody. I don't want to make it seem like this is a like a negative uh, podcast and uh, uh, vlog video, but just the preseason, guys. And LeBron James and Russell Westbrook aren't playing. Let's talk about that for a second. Guys, relax. It's going to be okay. Uh, on Twitter, I know some people worry, or oh, we're trash, all these players suck. Uh, guys, it's the preseason. LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are going to fix a lot of these problems that we see even if something as simple as intensity because Russell Westbrook is intense. He never cheats you for effort. He's 110% all the dang time, even in practice. So having LeBron James and Russell Westbrook on the floor, people are going to be held accountable. People are going to, they're going to be, they're going to be moving fast and moving hard and making reads and speaking and intensity. All that stuff's going to be high just from simply having those two on the basketball court. Um, so a lot of those things are going to be fixed. Rebound, it'll be fixed with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook on the basketball court because they're going to rebound the ball. Some of the play creating, that's going to be fixed with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook on the basketball court because those are two of the top 1% of NBA playmakers, creators in the NBA. They're on the same team. It'll all be okay. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Uh, so just keep that in mind uh, as far as I'm concerned as – because there are just there are just some things that you know they're gonna they're just gonna get fixed because those two are on the floor. So relax, it'll be okay. I promise. Uh, another thing I want to get to offensively is Monk is just a bucket, plain and simple. We're gonna talk about Malik Monk. Look, he may not be the greatest defender, any of that stuff, but he is one hundred percent a bucket getter, just as he has always been, even from Kentucky. The boy can score, uh, and I think that's his role. Six men off the bench to just fill it up. Uh, I don't think his role expands more than that. Look, he's got to try and, and, and make do defensively, but his job is really simple, and I'm pretty sure they let him know. Your job is to come on this floor as a sixth man and be instant offense, period. Job one. That's it. That's all. And then try to play some competent defense. That Nothing else. That's his job. Um Mello offensively, I thought his minutes, his first stretch were fine. Um, he got you know barbecue chicken in the post with Chris Paul. Uh, went to the went to work. Uh, I forgot who they had on the second time. Um, he went to work, and I just thought Chris Paul that that's never going to work. I don't having him on Chris Paul. That's barbecue chicken. I don't care how old Carmelo Anthony is or how far into the retirement home he's been staying. Uh, that is instant offense. And his second stretch, I didn't think was the greatest. I thought some stuff was forced. Um, and, again, I think that's fixed because when you have Russell Westbrook and LeBron James on the floor, they're going to have the ball in their hands. They're going to garner the attention. And, and Melo isn't just going to sit in the post and try to back someone down for seven seconds and then take a fadeaway contested uh, jump shot. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, again, with those two on the floor. So, again, I'm not that worried uh, about that in particular. But when he's able to just pick his spots, like his first stretch was, I think that uh, Carmelo Anthony is going to be very good for the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in the second unit. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, offensively, uh, I talked about Monk. I talked about, uh, oh, Anthony Davis, again, I think he got to his spots. I think he got the shots he wanted. Um, he needs to be more in rhythm. So he's, he's missing short on some. Um, they're kind of rolling in and out. 
that's just a rhythm thing. I think he'll get it together. And for the most part, I think that's why he's he's playing these games that he wants to get in rhythm. Uh, so I'm not too worried about him. I think he's getting to spots. He's looking good. He's moving well. Uh, so I'm not too worried about him at all. Um, I think that's pretty much none is a guy who can do a lot of things. I'm really looking forward to him coming into his own. He's going to learn to play basketballs alongside Russell Westbrook. Uh, LeBron James as well, but Russell Westbrook being a guard, I'm looking forward to great things from Kendrick Nunn. Uh, I, I very much am excited about that. And Monk is a walking bucket, but I'm just excited to see the growth of Kendrick Nunn as well. The boy is a baller. Uh, what I like about uh, Tucker, uh, THT, is uh, he is no stop. He's always pushing that turbo button. I love it being a Russell Westbrook fan. Uh, he, he just gets to the basket so, so, so quick. Um, I'm hoping that he can hit a little bit more from the three-point line. That's what we all know, and he knows that he needs to develop. Uh, so I'm hoping he gets better in that area. But I'm loving the attacking uh, that, that Talon Harden Tucker is doing um, very, very much. So, guys, I got into all of that. I want to get into um, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook together. I just want to make this clear because I feel like we're going to see them on Friday. I am 0% worried about Russell Westbrook and LeBron James being on the floor together. I don't give a damn what anyone says. LeBron James is one of the greatest IQ players of all time, and he's the best IQ in the NBA right now. Yeah, I guess you, you can say Chris Paul after that, uh, things like that. And, guys, Russell Westbrook, I don't care what no one says. His IQ, I watch him play. I've watched him play since UCLA. His IQ is there. Does he make boneheaded decisions sometimes? Because when you're down by 15 and no one else wants to play, he's going to try everything he can? Of course. But the guy can play basketball, and the guy can set people up. His IQ is very good. These are two of the top IQs in basketball. These are two of the best passions in basketball. These are two of the best creators in basketball on the same doggone basketball team. I am 0% worried about those two together. They'll figure it out. Progression isn't linear. Remember that. Are they going to go through ups and downs the first 20 and 25 games? Hell yeah. They definitely are. But guys, in 20 to 25 games, when we reevaluate them, we're going to say, man, this duo is something else. Not because particularly they're scoring. I think, I really believe, the LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are going to do something special as creators, as playmakers in the NBA. It's very rare, rare that you see two players with like nine plus assists on the same team. Guys, I really believe LeBron James and Russell Westbrook are going to do that. They are that elite. They are that phenomenal. They're just, they're just so good at basketball. They're so good at creating for others. They're so good at maximizing the talent of those around them. And I don't want to hear anyone say anything different because Paul George, my goodness, his season with Russell Westbrook and him, he uh, he was in the MVP conversation. Steven Adams got paid next to Russell Westbrook. Now, I get it. That was part of the balloon year. But he had a lot of people saying that Steven Adams was a top five center in the NBA. I ain't lying. Tell me I'm lying. We know it's true. Jeremy Grant developed great next to Russell Westbrook. Oladipo said he gave all the credit to what he became when he got traded for Paul George. He gave it to Russell Westbrook. He gave that credit to Russ, teaching him how to be a professional and how to be elite, how to be great, how to become great. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, two of the best creators in the NBA today are on the same doggone basketball team.
You can be worried all you want. I'm away 2025 games because I am 0% worried. But guys, thank you so much for watching the video. I'm going to do the podcast from now on on YouTube as well uh, on Anchor. So you, if you like the audio podcast, you can listen to it on your Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, CastBox, and much, much more. I'm on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to the West Wolf Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. Guys, remember, I will also be posting the podcast on YouTube as well every single game. So if you like to see the person you're listening to, go check me out on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Otherwise, I will always be dropping the podcast right here in the audio version right here on Anchor. And remember, you can find my podcast on all the major podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, CastBox, and much, much more. So please, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform. But guys, thank you guys so much for listening to the Westwood Podcast. I will see you all Friday post game to talk more about the Los Angeles Lakers. Hoping we finally get to see the big three. But as always, until next time, peace.